Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. It's another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. Great to have you with us today. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you in the greater Cleveland area and in Bradenton, Florida as well. You can check us out online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com. That's skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Scott brings more than 20 years of experience to the table each and every show, and we're looking forward to another great conversation today. Scott, what's going on, my friend? Oh, you know what? Busy, Walter. I've been running around. It seems like I have no time in the day to do anything anymore. <laughs> Busy is good, though. Busy is good. Well, they say it keeps you out of trouble, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, idle, idle hands, or something like that, is uh, you know the saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I my my daughter started doing uh, you know uh, her travel across club because you know they're running that now with the. You know, Corona, they're outside and, and it works okay. So, uh, you know, she's doing that and, you know, that takes up all Sunday. Who schedules practices from 12 to 4 on a Sunday? Don't they know there's football? There's football. There. Yeah, that shouldn't be allowed. No. So, you know, that kind of messes up my uh, messes up my football Sundays a little bit. And, uh, yeah, so, but, yeah, I enjoy it. You know, I'll miss it. They always say, now, of my four daughters, three of them are out of the house in the college, and I still got the, my one 11-year-old left, and, and uh, you know, I could totally see how I'll miss it when I got, like, nothing to do. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, – it probably already has gone from a noisy house to a little bit quieter, but then especially when the last one leaves in a few years, it's going to be really quiet around. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a little freaky. <laughs> well, luckily, it's still several more years before that happens. Yeah, so, yep. With yep. an eleven-year-old, you've got you've got some more time for noise. I do. And actually, I I would imagine, I would guess, maybe before she's out of the house, you might be a grandfather, and it'll just be that much more noise coming right back into the house. Well, at yeah. Some point, it, it's funny. Is there there is a, a decent chance that my daughter could be an aunt while she's still in high school? Yeah, yeah, definitely with, a possibility. With the ten so. with the ten year age difference between my oldest twins are twenty one and then Ellie's eleven, so yeah, very very easily it, can happen. It could happen. Yeah, it could happen, and uh, you, you'll get no break. And then it'll be noisier than it ever than it was, uh, you know, twenty years ago or something like that. I need so. to travel more. <laughs> or something. That's right. You need to make the most of. Uh, if you do get a little gap in there, make the most of it. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, we've got a great show on the way today. What we're going to talk about is financial stuff you should know. And there's a popular podcast out there called Stuff You Should Know. Have you ever listened to that one, Scott? I have. I have. I enjoy it. It's on my list. Uh, do you have a particular episode that you like from Stuff You Should Know? No, no, I, I don't know if I can remember one in particular that I that I like, but I just... Uh, they yeah, are pretty random. Yeah, and it's just neat, weird stuff that, you know, you mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily think about. I looked at some of the recent episodes on there. There was one on uh, how sneezing works, an entire podcast about how sneezing works. Um, so, you know, that just gives you an idea of some of the things that they break down on that show. Yeah. Uh, typically, it doesn't have anything to do with the financial world. So what we're going to do on today's show is embrace the concept of stuff you should know, but we're going to focus it in the financial realm. So that's the idea. We're going to cover a couple of different topics as we go through some of these things that you should know about the financial world. Let's do it. Uh, first one. All right. First one on the list, Scott. The global bond market 
is about twice the size of the global stock market. Why is that an interesting tidbit? Well, yeah, you know what? The global bond market, you know, is, is literally, you know, more than twice the size of the global stock market. You look at the U.S. alone, the, the U.S. bond market mimics that exactly. There's $40 trillion in bonds out there and less than $40 trillion in, in actual stock market value out there. And the big factor there is, is that if you own a company and you need to raise some more money, it's much cheaper for you to borrow money and you don't have to give up ownership of your company, kind of like issuing more stock. You're issuing for more people to own your company and you dilute the existing owners. So companies always have a tendency to issue the debt before they'll issue more stock. So that's one of the big reasons why the, the global bond market's a lot bigger than stocks. But the other factor, too, is that in the, you know, in the last 10 years, interest rates have been so low, and it's so cheap for these companies to borrow money. And, and, you know, so there's been an incentive for them to you know, issue bonds at these low rates because they don't have to pay so much for, for borrowing that money. I think that's interesting to look at, Scott, and uh, certainly one little tidbit that's good to cover on today's show. So the global bond market, twice the size of the global stock market, might be a piece of uh, little trivia that a lot of people wouldn't know. So that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, here's another one for you. We'll go turn our attention to taxes. Income tax rates are currently close to historical lows. There's a lot of reasons why that's a, an important financial stuff to know. Oh, geez. Anybody that's listened to this podcast, any episode in the past, has probably picked up on the fact that I'm a big proponent of trying to take advantage of these low tax rates. Because, yes, we are you know, very close to historically low income tax rates. And you can make a case, and a very, very strong case, that these tax rates are going to be going up in the future. We're talking you know, the amount of money the government you know, is going to owe for Social Security, Medicare, our national uh, debt, you know, has continued to go up, and you know, there, so there, there's a lot of reasons why those income taxes are, are going to probably more than likely go up, and they're not going to stay at these low rates. So it is, you know, not to kind of get on my soap opera here, but uh, you know, this, these are the types of rates we need to take advantage of with Roth conversions and things like this. And, and when you're in the moment, you, you really don't realize tax rates are really low because if you're like me, I just hate paying my taxes. I'll pay my fair share, but man, I don't want to pay a penny more. And uh, you, you don't realize you know, when you're paying them, it's painful no matter what you're paying, but it could be a lot worse in the future. That's a great point too, Scott. So just remember that tax rates are way lower than they used to be. Stuff you should know because it has big implications on thinking about the future and the exposure that we might have, certainly. Another item to add to the list, Scott, living benefits or accelerated death benefits, as you may call it. Uh, boy, that's, I can see why they call it living benefits <laughs> because accelerated death, putting those two words into the statement doesn't really uh, feel very good. Uh, living benefits on life insurance are a long-term care solution that not many people know about. What can you tell us about that? Well, you know what? Th this is something that a lot of people may have and don't even realize that they have it. And you're going back to that whole living benefit versus accelerated death benefits. I think the when they say accelerated death benefits, it explains it a lot clearer than living benefits. Because what you're actually doing is if you've got a million dollar life insurance policy 
and you, you, you go into a nursing home or you're terminally ill or things like that, you can basically get the majority of that million dollars now and basically take it early and utilize that to help fund the nursing home and things like that. So a lot of the times when we do our planning, we take a look at this as a possible option, is that we utilize that life insurance to help fund the long-term care if we need it. And what that also, you know, it kind of kills two birds with one stone. We've got, we've got the availability to life insurance, but then we've got the accelerated death benefit that's available for us for long-term care. So that a lot of people may even have this and not even realize that. So I, I encourage everybody that when you meet with a financial advisor that you, you have your, your life insurance policies audited to see kind of what is in place and, and what you do and don't have and if it fits what your needs are. We're talking about some of these financial things or stuff you should know about finances and uh, retirement planning. Uh, some things just smattered all over the place, trying to see what we can learn about these things. Maybe uh, maybe you think that some of these things aren't the case or you're learning something new today. Maybe you thought you're paying really high income tax rates when really we're at historical lows. Hopefully this is helpful information to you. By the way, if you have any questions for Scott about something we ever talk about here on the show, always feel free to reach out. 888-742-0111 is the number. 888-742-0111. Or talktoscott.com is the site you can go to to schedule a time to meet with Scott. That's talktoscott.com. And we'll put contact info in the description of today's show to make it easy for you. Another financial stuff you should know, you should probably uh, think about this one. You have more risk in your portfolio, most likely, than you realize. Yeah, and this is very, very, very true. I use sophisticated software that breaks down the risk, and it kind of assigns a risk number to each portfolio, anywhere from zero to 100. And a lot of the times what I'll do is I'll walk people through kind of a process where we determine how much risk they're comfortable with, and it assigns them a risk number. Let's just say hypothetically it's 50 in this case. And then we look at their existing portfolio and we realize that, oh my gosh, you're at an 89. You're taking a lot more risk than you realize because nobody, when the markets are good and you're in your accumulation phase and you're investing, you're trying to make as much money as you can. When you get to retirement though, it's a different ball game. You don't have that earning power anymore. Maybe you got to scale back on that risk. So a lot of people will keep the same portfolios that they had when they were in their working years. And, and it's doing well. It's fine until a, a market correction comes along. And then they are like, holy smokes, why did it drop so much? And that's because there's more risk in there. So I think just and nobody looks what's inside their mutual funds or what's inside their ETFs either. And, you know, they may be overexposed on some of these big tech stocks like Apple and, and, you know, stocks like that that make big swings. So there's a lot that goes into that risk. And yet most people absolutely, Walter, have got a lot more risk in their portfolio than they realize. So I encourage everybody to, again, meet with somebody and, and look into that. Yeah, it's a great point, Scott, and a really, really important one to know. Maybe of all that we've talked about on today's show, risk always such an important part of the equation. All right, one more here for you, Scott. Financial stuff you should know. The biggest impediment to making good financial decisions is your own emotions. Boy, isn't that the case? And yet we never realize it until it's too late sometimes. Walter, this is the biggie. This is the, this is the granddaddy of them all. 
if, if I had a dollar for every time I saw somebody blow up their own situation because they got emotions in the way, you know, I, I wouldn't be doing this podcast now. So I, I tell you what, I think that this is the big one because people have a tendency to get in their own way. When the markets drop, they get scared, they pull their money out. Or the markets get too high or they talk to their neighbors and their neighbors like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm buying this stock and this stock and, you know, it's going really good. So maybe I should, you know, I should buy that stock or they're afraid to make any decisions because they don't want to make wrong decisions. So emotions mess up 99% of our decisions and, and very, very, very seldom do the emotional decisions end up working out to be your best financial decisions. You know, this is one of the big advantages of working with a professional is that we take that emotion out of it. We look at the numbers. We look at, at all the analytics and we say, this is what makes sense for you. And then if you're scared or you're, you're concerned about it, then you can talk through and get some rationale behind it and, and to feel more comfortable with making the right financial decisions with that emotion removed from it. So this is this is a biggie. This is where most people blow up their plans. It's uh, so easy to do when those emotions get involved and you don't have good plans in place to deal with reacting to those emotions. I mean, you almost need a plan for handling your own emotions yeah. sometimes, especially if it's been a problem in the past for you. Well, look at what just happened with uh, you know this market correction here in the beginning of 2020. I mean, you know, the market just dropped like a rock. You know, over a several week time period, and a lot of people panicked and took their money out. And then what happened? You know, the markets came back almost as quickly as they dropped. And you had no opportunity to make any of that money back that you lost. So now it's gone forever. Yeah, it's a great point. Can't get it back uh, nope. once that happens. You just wait a really long time for it to come back to those levels. <laughs> but uh, but you're right. It's It just takes, uh, unfortunately, no way for people to recover sometimes from the emotional uh, decisions that we make that lead us down a bad path. So yeah. if you are someone who struggles with that, it's definitely advisable to work with somebody who can help you keep those things in check. Sometimes you have to know yourself, know what your strengths are, know what your weaknesses are when it comes to your financial life. And uh, if you need somebody to help put together a plan for you that is going to keep your emotions in check, keeping you from making those bad decisions, don't hesitate to reach out. You can talk to Scott about your plan, how it can be improved, some of the things that you need to think about. You can get in touch by calling 888-742-0111, 888-742-0111, or go online to talktoscott.com, and you can schedule a time to meet from your smartphone or computer. Talktoscott.com, the place to go. And we'll put contact info in the description of today's show. <music> It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. And uh, I've got a good question to uh, pose to you today, Scott. What's a song that you have completely memorized? You know every word, every lyric. Jeez. You know, the, this is pro this is actually, Walter, a little embarrassing. Uh, the, the song that I... No more than other, other, any other song is the Beastie Boys' Paul Revere. Paul Revere, okay. <laughs> so I, I don't know why it, it just stuck in my head, and then I, I started learning it. And I've actually, all of my daughters know the song too, because I ride in the car. I, you know, we would, we would like take 
lacrosse trips and I would like teach them the song and stuff just for stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Like I said, it's kind of embarrassing. And every every time I'm at a party and I got karaoke, everybody wants me to do it. So <laughs> it is a little embarrassing, but it's not your run of the mill song, but it is fun. And then I changed the lyrics up a little bit, you know, to kind of fit the crowd kind of thing. It's just that's one I have completely memorized from A to Z. <laughs> that's good. I feel like I, there's lots of songs that fall into this category of complete memorization. I'd, I'd have trouble picking just one that I feel like I've completely memorized in terms of the lyrics and knowing where, you know, the big parts come in and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah, I, I, for what, some reason, my brain has definitely been good at memorizing lyrics. I think the first song that falls under this umbrella, I'm very, very embarrassed to say, uh, was a, a Sir Mix-a-Lot song. You may know the one I'm I'm referencing about liking big somethings. Yes, and I cannot yes. lie. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, why, why is it with these rap, rap songs? Do we remember these things? I, you know, I don't can, know. Can it be like Islands in the Stream or something? You know, when I was in middle school, uh, it, it was my, me and my three best friends. It was the four of us, and we we, we ran our middle school. We somehow, I don't know why, but we got roped into doing a performance of that song at somebody's birthday party. And we like actually, you know, it was back, that was back during the boy band days. So we had like a boy band, um, a boy band performance of that song, let's say at a, at a friend's birthday party or something like that. Well, I, I wish there was, was tape on that one. Oh my gosh. Something random middle schoolers do. There might be. Oh my gosh. I hope I never run for president <laughs> one day. That will definitely surface. I've never seen video evidence of it, but I may or may not have done the worm during the song. So <laughs> <laughs> funny to look back on the weird things you do when you're a kid. Yes, but, uh, yes, yes. That That's definitely up there on the list. No doubt about it. All right, there you go. Getting to know uh, Scott a little bit better on today's show and me probably more than you had hoped. Uh, let's <laughs> take a question from one of our listeners next. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so a pretty good question here, Scott, from one of our listeners today. This one comes to us from Jake. And uh, here's what's on Jake's mind. Jake says, I'm getting a big tax refund this year. And have for the last several years. It's nice to get the refund, but am I better off to just keep more money throughout the year instead? Well, you know, that that's a very good question, Jake, and, and we get that a lot. Just think of it like this. Does the government pay you to hold your money? No, they don't. So you know, what we try to do is we try to, when we ana analyze a client's tax return, is we try to get those withholdings uh, closest as we can so that we don't get big refunds because that money's better off in your pocket thrown in your savings account or your investment account earning money for you as opposed to just sitting in the government coffers and then say, oh, okay, well, you paid too much, we're going to give it back to you. It's better off to try to estimate what you're going to owe and pay that throughout the year through your withholdings or if you're self-employed with your, your quarterly payments. Then that way, the government's not just sitting on that money. You have an opportunity to earn you know, interest on that money or spend it or, or do whatever, whatever you need. I suggest you kind of save it. But that's a common thing. Most I run across people all the time that actually withhold more 
than they really need to because they like getting that nice big check at the beginning of the year. You know, they turn in their tax return in April, they get a nice big check, and they like it. It, it kind of forces them to save money, and some people think of it like that, but the reality is the government's not paying you to hold that money. Good question. Yeah, it'd be Jake. nice if they would reimburse you a little bit, like for the interest, for loaning them money for, throughout the course of the year. Yeah. Then there'd be some incentive to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But they don't pay you anything. So, I mean, why why give them more than you need to give them? Yeah, it's a great point. I, I do kind of like it. I, now, I spent many years owing the government money, lots of money, at the end of the year because I was doing so much freelance work but wasn't doing a great job of uh, <laughs> of paying those quarterly taxes very as much com- as I should very have Very common. Yeah, very common. And so I got burned on that too many times to where I think I just overreacted and said, well, what would you rather? Would you rather owe them lots of money at the end of the year or, you know, survive just fine on your own and then, you know, get something back? And so I think I overcorrected in the other direction. But yeah, you're right. The the goal really of paying taxes is to have your tax bill be zero when you go to file. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and I get it that it's nice to kind of get a a check back at the end of the day. It's like almost like Christmas in April. Right. But, you know, at the same time, you know, they're they're not paying you. It makes more sense for you to keep it. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that, though, Scott. I know a lot of our listeners certainly uh, are educated enough probably to the point where they they know the, the deal on taxes when it comes to that. But I'm amazed at how many people I talk to who think that, you know, because your tax refund was bigger than, you know, someone else you know, that they're paying less in taxes. Like people don't realize that it's being taken out the entire year long. It's not just like, oh, I get this tax refund and hey, mine was bigger than yours. So you pay more taxes than I do. It's like, no, it doesn't, that's not how it works. Yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions out there for sure. <laughs> oh, a whole lot, a whole lot. Uh, really good question though, Jake. Thanks for sending that one into us. Maybe think about retooling how much you're tucking away. Uh, when it comes to those taxes, might be a good idea for you, depending on how far over you are. Now, if you're just a little bit over a couple of dollars, Scott, probably not worth stressing about too much. But if it's thousands of dollars we're talking about, that you could be putting that thousands of dollars to good use yeah, throughout the year. Yeah, you're never going to get it to zero. I mean, that that's that's nearly impossible. I mean, you would have to be very, very, very accurate and to have it to be exactly zero. So you're always going to be off by a little bit, but you don't, like you said, you don't want to have it to be thousands of dollars. You, you know, that that's money better kept by you throughout the year. Yep. And it becomes uh, more difficult to plan for uh, budgeting purposes too. So great question, Jake. Thanks for sending that one in to us. If you have any questions, you can always submit those by going online to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. That's skyboxfinancialgroup.com. And again, if you have any questions for Scott or want to talk about your own financial plan or situation and get a review of your financial plan, you can call 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. Or go online to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. All right, time for the TV and movie review. Just sitting at home with nothing to do. All right, this is where Scott and I review some of the TV shows or movies that we've watched over the last couple of weeks, something that might uh, intrigue you if you are a TV and movie watcher as well. Scott, what you got? Well, you know what? I ran across uh, this show on Amazon Prime called Hannah. Hannah, okay. Now, I've it, it, the first episode came out a couple, I mean, the first season came out a couple years ago, and I never really watched it. And then the second season just came out not too long ago. So I decided, you know, I was looking for something to watch while I was on the treadmill. 
So I'm like, all right, I'm going to check this show out. So this is, my wife has not watched it. It's solely just been me. But uh, it's about this young girl where basically she was uh, an experiment as a baby in Romania. And her real parents rescued her from that. They, they like took her when she was a baby, did these experiments on her, made her like a superhuman kind of person thing. And her dad raised her out in the woods away from people. And then basically people that had, I guess, experimented on her found out where she was. And then you know, it goes on where they're trying to catch her and stuff like that. And she's just some, her dad taught her all these, you know, martial arts skills and how to shoot great and, you know, all these survivor skills. So now she's just running around protecting herself, kicking butt. So uh, I'm not too far into it, but I found it to be very good. I haven't finished it yet. But, you know, if you like that, I like those kind of Jason Bourne kind of movies, things like that. And this kind of falls right in line with that. I like the, you know, the Jack Reachers and the, uh, oh, shoot, what's the... uh, uh, Mission Impossible type stuff. Yeah, yeah, the John Clancy stuff. You know, I I like, so this kind of fits right in line with that, with the show. So if you enjoy that kind of stuff, I think you'll enjoy the Hannah show. Hannah, okay, cool. I'm going to add that to the list. That sounds like a good one. Yeah. Uh, we just finished watching uh, two seasons, the first two seasons. I think there's a third one coming out soon, or maybe it's scheduled to be in production at some point, but of the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Yes. Uh, what a bizarre show. Have you seen it, Scott? I have watched that. That was one of the ones I was going to talk about, and I really enjoyed it. I did too, and I didn't think I would. Um, it's I weird. Was kind of, I'm not much of a superhero show kind of person, but it's not all superhero-ish the whole time. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it was almost like Tarantino got together with the person who did the Hunger Games and had influence from Johnny Depp, <laughs> and they made a show. And it's got like a whole bunch of weirdness to it, but also like really engaging and interesting and the pacing and the acting was good. I don't know. It was, it was a weird show, but I like couldn't help but wait for the next episode. We were so excited about it. It's written very well. So you're always like the plot and, you know, especially in season two, how they kind of segue in the season two. And yeah, I mean, it, it's written very well and it keeps you, it's one of those shows where you watch it and you're like, you finish an episode, you're like, Okay, just one more because I got to kind of see right. what happens, you know. So, but it's weird. At the same time, you're like, "What did I just watch?" <laughs> but then you're also like, "I got to see another episode. I got to see how how this resolves and what the next thing is." Exactly. Oh, I enjoyed that too. Yeah, I, I would definitely throw that one out there as one to check out. Not for the faint of heart. There's definitely a little bit of. Uh, I don't know if I would describe it as. Well, it's a little gore, maybe. I mean, yeah. they're a little gratuitous in some of the. <laughs> Some of the scenes. That's where I'm getting the Tarantino uh, in- influence out of it because it kind of goes from being this lighthearted, you know, weird, funky show with a talking monkey that seems kind of goofy with a bunch of kids, and then all of a sudden there's a little bit of gore, you know, that might that might happen. So it's like really weird juxtaposition of of two things. Also, a good soundtrack on on the show. Oh yeah, it is a really good soundtrack. They yeah, got a lot of yeah. oldies in there, and then some new ones and. Yeah, good soundtrack. Beware, it's not a G-rated show, but uh, but definitely an interesting one to check out for sure. So Umbrella Academy and Hannah, the two suggestions on this week's show. Scott, appreciate the help as always, the financial advice and the TV show movie guidance as always as well. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next episode. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Walter. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. That's Scott Searles. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Buckeyes.
investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.